Hello, hello. Welcome to B2B Craftworks, a podcast about business writing. I'm Sarah Griesenbach, founder of the B2B Writing Institute, and this is just a Friday update. I wanted to check in with everybody. I've been a little more quiet because everything's ramping up for this round of the B2B Writing Seminar. And that's where I do an eight-week program where we meet once a week and just walk through my writing process for writing really high-level B2B content. If you want to get behind the scenes, I'm really excited about this one because this will be the first time I'm presenting this as two separate pieces. So before I was trying to sell the B2B Writing Seminar with the membership, and it just got confusing about what people got out of it and why you'd sign up and what was happening. Now, looking back, I just see how overwhelming that is. But at the time, it made sense. I just I had a lot to give. I wanted to give it all at once. So at this time, you can sign up for the yearly membership, which are monthly training sessions, office hours, and special events that come up. And then this piece is the separate piece that's an eight-week writing program, and we walk through that process. It happens about three times a year, and once you sign up, you can come through any time that we do it and get that feedback and be published on the B2B Writing Institute blog in our showcase. And I've found just the feedback I get on this is wild. I've gathered a lot of the testimonials on the websites. So that's where you can see it. But the amount of people who just understand their writing better and understand what clients want better and who can read their own work and self-edit better is outstanding. So I'm really proud of this program. We have usually 10 to 15 people actively going through it each time. This will be the fourth time that I've done it live. And it's just the highlight of my year. And that's why I do it three times a year. So next week, I'm going to be sending some emails about it, hopefully keeping it really educational so people who aren't interested can still get something out of those emails. And then the deadline to sign up to get all the bonuses and stuff will be September 30th. And so that'll give me a couple days to really do some solid onboarding and prep and send a little something into the mail for the people who sign up. So then we'll start October 7th, once a week. It's fantastic. Anyway, I'm going to try not to focus on that too much, but that is where a lot of my attention is going. That in wrapping up client work. So having ongoing projects, trying not to fill my days with so many calls that I can't focus on the writing work that needs to be done. And then, of course, all of this sandwiched in between toddlers and a family and regular life and sleep. So it's a lot. I'm pretty tired, but I'm in a much better place than really I've ever been. And I think it just comes back to the 4,000 weeks. That's always my update for the leisure life. It is just a different approach that I'm taking to my days. And not every day is perfect. And I still have nights where I'm on my laptop and I really shouldn't be. But in general, my sense of when I'm not at work, trying to have pleasure in my day and just enjoying my coffee, setting myself up for better days by scheduling less, it's just been, it's been so much better. I feel like a better person. And like I said, that's not to say I don't have bad days or even bad projects, bad feedback. I had some really tough feedback come through on some projects lately. But when I have those doubts, my process for recognizing those thoughts and really connecting with my body and breathing through the panic and the fear and the waves of things that tell me something is wrong, deciding not to engage with those things, and then 
very intentionally pumping myself back up or coaching myself back up with the affirmations and the things that I want, I feel like it's just been this layer of maturity going on the past six months or so. And again, I think it's because I'm getting old. My birthday's in October. I'm not quite 40, but I'm getting closer. And it's nice to just feel more mature. I get it why people say their 30s and 40s were better than their 20s. I wonder if we're lying to ourselves, but I have decided to embrace the positive. And speaking of embracing the positive, one thing I've been thinking about is just in the process of building the Institute, all this pressure that I felt to start to be an expert on B2B marketing and to provide best practices for B2B marketing, like copywriting tips and stuff. And I realized I started to try to do that and it just felt wrong. And I realized I can't provide best practices for how to do it because there are no best practices for something that is 100% subjective to a B2B marketer and the B2B buyer and what they think is good. So what I mean is there's no one right way to write a white paper. There's only a template of what's been done. And then you have to be the kind of person who can customize it and write it for the person who's hired you. So that relationship of being hired changes everything. And that, I think, is what I'm good at. When I started, I thought I was trying to build this the Content Marketing Institute, but for me to be writing. But it turns out the thing I'm actually an expert at is training writers to become B2B writing experts. So to gain that taste, that subjectivity, being able to make decisions about how they serve their clients, that's the only best practice there is in my book. And that's why I can't seem to summon up like five quick tips for writing B2B headlines that work. There's five million of those blog posts that are already posted you need to learn how to have taste to choose among those 5 million blog posts and then pick the right headline and talk to a client about why it's the right headline. So when I tried to give that advice, the interviews were pretty awkward. I'm not sure all of them have seen the light of day yet. And I'm just much better at meeting a writer who feels passionate about a writing career. And then I help them unblock those steps to do it, to really realize their work is worth a lot of money, help them charge for it, and then to have those skills to be worth it and to be a consultant to their client and a partner to their client, and then to support them. So designing an approach to life that's going to let you support a high volume of high quality work, which you get a paid a lot for, that's my vision for everyone who comes onto my list, like my email list and LinkedIn and everything. And it's really hard to put that vision into a sexy little value proposition. I'm trying, <laughs> a lot of help. And I've gotten a lot better at it, and I hope I keep getting better. But I think that's one of those fundamental things I've had to work through the past six months or so. And I guess if I'm doing a confessional today, I think my ultimate weakness in this area is just that I DIY'd my writing career. So I dove in, I got laid off, I did all of this on adrenaline. And there were important programs here and there, but nothing was more than $500. So at its core, the things I'm building aren't really essential or necessary to the kind of career that I've had. I think you can still really DIY that. And I think about that a lot. And I think about how that affects my target audience, because I'm finding the person who gets the most out of what I'm doing isn't always a freelance writer just looking to level up. I think there's a lot of people like that, but it's often a career switcher or someone who wants to be a writer and feels that call to make a living from writing. 
but needs to level up the writing and the freelancing side and then bring their professional experience into it. And the first time I help someone legit land a job, I cry when that happens. Like I get butterflies still when people send me a little note that they got hired or they got a prospective client call or they just figured something out that let them earn an income and build this life that they're building for themselves. That's a feeling I've had since the early days. And it's the reason I started all of this. And this is going deep, but I didn't really know I had a life's purpose until right before the pandemic. I went to a conference in New York and a lot of the material wasn't super relevant. It was more about building a course and a funnel and stuff like that. But when we did these exercises about what we want to be on our tombstone and what we want our legacy to be, it just popped into my brain. She freed a lot of people. And when I heard that, it wasn't even me writing that. It really just appeared in my brain. And I thought back to my teaching career and then my career in marketing and then my career with, I wrote an ebook called Life After Teaching and that kind of brought me into the online and writing space. And it really was about going through these difficult things and then trying to free other people from whatever I had gone through. And I wouldn't say that's a healthy way to run a business or pick projects or anything. I think there's a lot of the like Enneagram 8 protector and fixer, and maybe it wasn't always something people needed from me. But that idea that something that I've made or the way I've talked about something helps someone else escape the problems that they're having, that is what I'm in it for. And there are just so many ways that B2B is the key for people to unlock those problems. Because there's a lot of money in it. And there are people who want writers and who need help with marketing, who don't have the skills that we have, who aren't good storytellers, who need project management. It's really just a match made in heaven for professionals who want to write for a living. So one of those thoughts that can free a lot of people, especially when it comes to money and running a business and these things that are new to us, and this is actually on LinkedIn, and it's doing pretty well with getting a lot of attention. But this idea that anyone who pays us is making money off of us. When I first encountered that idea in my marketing firm and made that break into freelancing because I was laid off, I was mad about that. I felt taken advantage of when I realized how much my marketing manager was probably making for the company on top of what we were doing. But I've come to see that's not manipulative. That's literally how businesses operate. That's what that's what they're designed to do. A collective comes together as a whole to make more than the to make more than the individual parts. And the profit goes to whoever is in charge of it. That's just that's what all of the companies do. And the only way to increase the amount they're going to pay you is if you create outcomes that make them more money. And just letting that sink in and realizing this isn't about me. This isn't about my writing skills necessarily. This is about how I'm helping other people with my writing skills and what happens as a result of that. So in a full-time job, that means skill development. That means management experience. As a freelancer or an entrepreneur, that means delivering better outcomes or making it easier to accomplish their goals. And so we need to be doing some of those things and realizing, acknowledging what we're doing if we want to capture more of the money or the value or the income. And that's just really hard when you're new to all this 
because we're used to someone sets a rate, we show up, we do the job, we get the rate, it's done. And so we haven't really had to defend ourselves or protect ourselves or think about it in this way. And so when we take that rate that we did as an employee and we just bring it to the marketplace and we're making $25 an hour, something that as an employee would be pretty competitive as a professional job. But when you look at the actual experience of running a business and having to pay for your own paid time off, you need to charge a premium on the days you do work to make up for the days you don't work or the days that you have off, the days you're sick. And that's just time off. Then you need to worry about additional taxes, healthcare costs, the general risk of not having an employer. There's risk that comes with an employer, but there's also risk that comes with not having an employer. And it's how we handle that risk that's important. Anyway, a little less serious. Let's talk about pleasure. The most important thing happening in my life is that the Hobonichi Techo Cousin 2023 was released. And I got my order. It is beautiful. (laughs) I love it. And it's wrapped in paper and on my bookshelf ready for December 15th when I'll take it home over Christmas break and start to plan the new year. I should probably plan things in advance of that. But that's when I'm going to start writing in that planner because I still have my planner for today. And I love the Hobonichi. I got on it from a very nerdy podcast about planners and about running life as a mom with a career and kids. And the way the host talked about just the paper and the writing experience and the organization and the customizability, I was on it. And so for three years, I've used that kind of planner. I use the front part for my deadlines. The middle part has weekly pages where I'll plan out a really stressful week or anything particularly complicated. And then I'll do my daily pages in the daily calendar part. The first two years, I wasn't as consistent, but now I don't miss a day. I think looking back, there might be a patch of one or two days just over the past nine months that I haven't done. But otherwise, I always check in. And the first thing I write are my affirmations, which I never thought I'd be a person who has affirmations. But it's been really helpful for me to focus core phrases and things that are healing about my perspective on the world. Then as a parent, I record whatever the sleep was like the night before because that stresses me out. And then I'll go through the day. I'll talk about whoever's cranky, if there's something big for the day I'm looking forward to or something I'm worried about. I do all that kind of at the top. I also do a daily doodle just to keep my creativity going. And then I'll do a daily page. So sometimes that rambling about things that are stressing me out. Sometimes that's celebrating awesome stuff that's happened. Anyone who's signed up for the BD Writing Institute, I've written your name in there on the day you signed up because I'm celebrating and I can't believe how lucky I am to do all of this. So I hope that's not creepy, but I definitely have learned to celebrate every single win. And maybe a translation for that for anyone listening, would be, and maybe a translation of that for you could be, if you have a client write you back, if you have someone say yes to an engagement you were really worried about, write that out and decorate it and color it with markers because we've got to celebrate these little things. But anyway, my Hobonichi came and it came with an order from Jet Pens that had, oh my gosh, a sampler pack of fountain pens, which 
maybe two of them I really like, and then the rest I'm going to end up gifting to people because I've already used them or I don't care for them. And then two sets of new highlighters that are specially formulated not to make your ink run, which is very important to me. (laughs) I've learned new ways of using those highlighters, which is super fun for all the nerds in the room. Whenever you're crossing something out or whenever you're recording the different dates that are passing, you use a gray highlighter and use that to check off your list. And it just looks so cool. I love it. I look forward to crossing off every day and crossing off tasks like that. And then the crown prize winner, like my favorite thing that I got out of this, I finally tried the Pilot Acroball 1000 and I got it in champagne pink and it's just perfect. It's a ballpoint pen, which is usually a little scratchier, but this one is just so smooth. And I got the five millimeter And I haven't written with anything else in my Hobonichi since I do that in highlighters. But I can think back to when I was in middle school and just really excited about buying different shaped erasers and trying new colors and planners and stuff. So getting back to that love for office supplies, maybe it's all the project planning that you end up doing when you're in writing, but I just love it. And that's a reason why I don't think I'll ever go 100% digital Because even if it's better for everything else, highlighting in Notion is just not the same as picking your highlighter and streaking that across the page. There's just nothing like it. So that's my quick update. I just wanted to say hi. And if you like what's going on, send me an email at hello at b2bwritinginstitute.com. And if you want to train with me and develop your skills from the more regular or lower level SEO content into this thought leadership talking about complex themes and strategies and content marketing and all of that cool stuff. There's a link in the show notes that can take you to the B2B Writing Seminar. So you can check it out. Thanks for listening. 